All right, welcome back to Tried and True. We've been gone for a minute, but hey, we're back. Uh, And we're going to go over the state of the Mariners. It's Clay and Mitch with you guys today. We're going to go over the state of the Mariners, the trade deadline, and we'll talk a little bit about what to expect the rest of the year and talk about other teams around the league as well. So let's kick it off. State of the Mariners, uh, as we're taping this, it's they are 52 and 50. They're going into the Arizona uh, series, three game series against Arizona, who is scuffling right now, but Arizona, everybody thinks that they are going to be big buyers at the deadline, including uh, one of our own Paul Seawald. And we'll get to the trade deadline in just a second. But uh, Mitch, talk to me about the state of the Mariners. How are you feeling about uh, the Mariners so far? Your thoughts? I mean, they're basically 15 and 15 in their last 30, five and five in their last 10, one and one in their last two. Like they couldn't (laughs) be more 500. It feels like but how are yeah. you feeling about the Mariners at this juncture? 102 games in now. We only you, we've got 60 games to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you told me at the start of the season this is where we'd be, I think I'd be pretty pissed off. Uh, <laughs> but right, but right now I'm, you know, it's like being a 500 team. It really is like day to day. How am I feeling? Did the Mariners win? I'm feeling good. Did the Mariners lose? Fuck, just rip it apart. Um, yeah. But I no, really, this team could still make the playoffs. I don't think it's like that, you know, uh, that crazy to think that this team could hit a wild card spot four and a half games back right now. It's really, it wouldn't be that difficult. What we need to see is Julio kind of coming back to form. We've seen that lately more, um, but we need to see him come back to form. We need Kellenic back. Um It'd be nice if Dylan Moore and a few of the uh, a few of our sort of depthier players, you know, could um, produce a little bit of war coming up. Um, and finally, we need our pitching to remain elite, if not be a little bit better. To be honest, I I think they're underperforming how I thought they would do this year. They're still still doing very well but i uh i want to see more out of logan gilbert i think he's he's been uh really bad this past month um he's had like a few good games but uh he's still just getting trounced by george kirby and luis castillo and i actually was really high on logan gilbert this year i thought he'd show people that he could be as good if not better than kirby that was not the case and uh yeah what are you thinking Yeah, I I have the same thoughts. I think that Logan Gilbert, I thought he was going to take a step forward, and he has in some cases. You know, he threw his first complete game this year, which was awesome to see. Mm -hmm. But overall, I think then when the Mariners need him the most, when we're struggling, uh, he's honestly been part of the problem. So, you know, when we are on a two, three-game slide, Gilbert's on the back end of that slide losing a game, and, you know, we're losing 8-2, to 10-2, things like that, and he doesn't get out of the fifth inning. So it's really hard to, uh, you know what, I'm not going to pin it all on Logan Gilbert, the bats. Of course not. Honestly, it's funny to even talk about the pitching 
seen uh, in the first half because they're literally a top five starting rotation in ERA and pretty much every metric. But at the same time, you're right. I think in the past month, it has been a big issue. Like genuinely, it's yeah. uh, pitching has been a problem. So uh, we had a tweet the other day from the Trident True account uh, talking about just the amount of runs that the Mariners have given up in the past 10 games. And, you know, mm-hmm. there was a couple of 10 spots. There was a couple of eight spots. And so, you know, they've been scuffling a little bit and it's to be expected. We have literally two rookies on the starting rotation. We're asking a lot of yeah. them. And then we have two guys, Kirby and Gilbert, who are in their second and third year. So it's not like mm-hmm. we have a veteran stacked starting rotation um, besides Luis Castillo, which God damn, we cannot buy a win when he pitches, which is the it's most so depressing sad. thing. You know, yeah, like it's, it's so bad. He's on pace for a sub three ERA um, and less than 10 wins as a starting pitcher, which is yeah. Uh, people will keep floating like he's getting Felixed. Like that doesn't even begin to describe the pain that Luis Castillo is going through. Like, yeah, I feel like it's pretty bad. Uh, Felix, Felix, we make a joke out of, but Luis Castillo is just feeling it. So that <laughs> sucks. Um, but I want to, I want to turn our attention to the bats. I mean, the starting lineup has been absolutely atrocious. Uh, Scott's can't, Scott can't seem to find a lineup that he likes. Uh, Julio has been moved to pretty much every spot in the lineup besides eighth and ninth, Mm -hmm. uh, this season. He's struggled a little bit, but again, you point at your stars who are struggling. Um, but we have Ty France who is literally hitting under the Mendoza in the last 30 days. We have Gino who is going to be at the top 10 in the league for strikeouts. Teo Oscar um, is even ahead of that, which he's going to, you know, end up top five in strikeouts. Mm-hmm. You know, what is, what do you make of the lineup so far? And is it fixable? Do we have to do something drastic at the deadline to fix this lineup? Or is it something that we just have to ride out and hope these veterans finally cling on? I mean, we're, we're at a weird point right now, I think. Um, and even Depoto, I think, said today, like, we'll see how this next series shapes up. Um, because, you know, you right now you get swept. You go one under 500. You have, like, pretty much no chance at making the playoffs. It's going to be like another, we're, we're banking on a 15-game win streak or something like that. Um, it's just going to be too difficult to come back. Uh, at that point, you made it, might as well sell. Uh, get like try and deal Tay Oscar and uh, Seawald, whoever you can, for some people that are going to be good the next few years. Um, start yeah. looking towards not even probably probably not even twenty four, but more towards twenty five. So uh, it's it's a weird spot that we're in right now, and uh, it, it seems like depending on this series with the Diamondbacks, it's going to be like a fa- it's a fairly serious series. I don't think there's been so much pressure on the guys in in a long time, it feels like. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I think that Arizona is one of those teams in one of the series that they're struggling. So it should yeah. tip us over the edge to be like, hey, let's buy, you know. But mm-hmm. also they're scuffling a little bit, and they're a good team. Everybody knows they're a good team. So yeah. who knows? They might bury the Mariners this series and tip us the other way to potentially move mm-hmm. Paul Seawald 
and Teo Oscar Hernandez, people like that yeah. that technically are on the short-term contracts. Uh, Teo Oscar eligible for free agency after the season. Um, mm-hmm. We can, of course, extend a qualifying offer and receive a compensatory pick if he does not re-sign. But I don't think that we can look at that as something that should affect our 2023 season, right? You know, we have mm-hmm. to get better now. So, you know, uh, this is a good segue into the trade deadline talks. There's a ton of names floating out there. Jonathan India, we've talked about, there's people, you know, talking about Juan Soto, um, you know, shout out Ryan Divish. He had a video today talking about um, how the Mariners were actually in conversations with the Nats last uh, deadline, talking mm-hmm. about moving Gilbert over to the Nationals for Juan Soto. Um, and so, you know, there, there's a lot of names out there, but, uh, are there any that interest you in the short term or somebody that, you know, we've talked about controllable bats, you know, is there somebody that fits that mold or that archetype for you, uh, that potentially makes the Mariners good now and later, or is it just a a rental market for the Mariners? Man, the problem I'm having is it doesn't feel like the Mariners need too much other than a second baseman. And even then, you have Caballero stepping stepping up. Like uh, uh, he's been playing super well when he has gotten playing time. So really, what I'm looking at is like, is does this team need anything, or do they just need to play better? Like Mike Cameron yeah. was uh, uh, tweeting to us, like, all right, like I, I think I asked him, you, you know, what does this team need? And he said, play better. It's like, yeah, I uh, I kind of agree. Like, these players are all very good. They're pretty... It, this is an elite lineup, really. Truly, if you look at it, this is a, at bare minimum, a top 12 batting, uh, batting lineup uh, in the MLB. And that can be carried by our pitching staff. They just don't let the pitching staff carry them. Um and so, it, it, I don't know, it, it feels like the past month we've seen sparks of, you know, Julio coming back and some players besides maybe Ty France and Colton Wong uh, showing signs of life. Pretty much everyone else has. Um, so it's it, it's tough for me. I don't, I don't know if you go and get another bat. If you do, I would like to see a Jonathan India type player for sure. Uh if we're looking at something, I'd want to fill the hole at second base. Um, I would like to keep Mike Ford at DH just because I got a real soft spot for a dude that can <laughs> just mash a Daniel Vogelbach type dude. Hell yeah. Uh, I love I love watching. So, um, yeah, I would go get a, a second baseman, and that's pretty much all I can think of. Yeah, you know what's funny is when I'm thinking about the 2023 Mariners, I almost wish that there were – like an injury plague on the lineup side. Obviously, Robbie yeah. Ray, Marco Gonzalez, we've seen them drop out of the starting rotation, but it's been filled with largely successful, really successful uh, pitcher, young pitchers that have done a mm-hmm. great job stepping in. Um, on the lineup Absolutely. side, though, we, we've been incredibly healthy. Right. Like Dylan yeah. Moore uh, just got back and, you know, he's on a hot streak. He hit two r- home runs against the twins, which was awesome. But for the most part, Ty France, you know, uh, apart from JP Crawford uh, taking a pitch to the shin every so often. Uh, Kellenick really, kicking a water cooler. Yeah. <laughs> kicking a water cooler in game 100. Like we've been incredibly healthy for most of the season, yeah. which 
is even more frustrating to be completely honest, because it just, it you're is, right. Yeah. This lineup, if you look at it on paper and, you know, uh, maybe an off day does this to us, but when we look at the team and we look at an off day, we're like, what would we even add to be better than mm. what we have right now? Besides looking at number like 2023's numbers, if you look on the back of the baseball card for most of these players, <laughs> we are in, not just a little bit below, not just like a little bit of a fall off for some of these players. We are falling off a cliff. Uh, thank you, Colton Wong. Thank you, AJ Pollock. You know, even Ty France in the past uh, 60 games. Like, we're looking mm-hmm. at some steep, steep declines here. Um, not just, oh, it, would, it was expected that they might take a step back. We're not talking about a step back. We're literally talking about going back to the starting line for most of these guys. So, yeah. um, there's a couple of guys that I would like to see, obviously. I obviously, uh, Jonathan Nitty is one of them. I think that the Reds have a backlog of people, um, and talent at the middle infield position. I think Jonathan India mm-hmm. doesn't really fit their horizon or timeline. Um, he's played really well. He's a little bit of a liability at second base to be completely honest, but because of how good defensively the Mariners are, I don't think that that would be a huge problem. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that we need, we need people that can get on base. And I think that he is one of them. Um, there's a couple of more people. Of course, people like to talk about, uh, the, you know, San Diego Padres. And if they're going to sell, it sounds like they are in selling mode. Um, right. And yeah. You know, I I don't know if that's completely true. I think that it's one of those things where they're just looking to see what what comes their way, and if they get a mm-hmm. sweetheart deal for Soto and somebody drops their top three prospects, then of course they'd be they'd be stupid not to take it. But for the most part, um, you know, I think that they're going to stay in pat, and uh, I'm glad that Shohei is not moving either. Regardless of how I feel about the Angels, I think that he's just a, a mainstay. Yeah. But one guy that I would really like the Mariners to take a strong look at is a right fielder. He DHs a lot for the Rockies, but his name is Rondal Grichik. And I might be butchering his name, but I think that uh, <laughs> he is hitting over 300. He is on a $10 million mm-hmm. salary, which means uh, taking him halfway through the season will pay him about 5 mil uh, for the latter half of the year. And he's a free agent after this season. Um, and I believe this season he might have uh, one more year on his contract. Regardless, it's incredibly team-friendly for a guy that gets on base a whole hell of a lot. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's somebody that you need on your team. You just, like, we we yeah. live and die by the home run right now, and we're not hitting home runs. So, like, <laughs> what is there to be, you know, yeah. all that happy about, right? It's like somebody had a tweet before Julio started, like, going through a power surge. It was like... <clears throat> It was Kelnick, Ty France, uh, Kelnick, Ty France, Julio, and there's like one more. It was like uh, Gino before he went through his str- rash of home runs. It was like Ju- they, it was like July 12th, and it was like June 1st. Kelnick hasn't hit a home run since June 5th. Gino hasn't hit a home run since Julio hasn't hit a home run since June 20th or something like that. It was like. Yeah, literally months have gone by without a power surge, which I don't even know how we were able to keep 500 if we're not going to hit home runs. So um, I would like them to go after Grichik. I would love them to go after Jonathan India. I think you'd have to be a little bit more aggressive. You'd probably see a Brian Mm -hmm. Wu in that package. You'd probably see a Bryce Miller in that package. But with those guys, they're even better than India. So you'd probably see an even bigger return. So Jonathan, India, plus somebody, maybe a prospect for, let's say, Bryce Miller. So um, the good thing about the deadline is we are not in panic mode. 
and Jerry DePoto, as frustrating as that might be to fans, you see a lot of teams in panic mode around the deadline, you know, trading some crazy prospects for um, relievers. I mean, the most notable uh, Jordan Alvarez was traded for a middle reliever uh, in, I believe, 2016 uh, when he was in the Dominican Summer League. Yeah. Two years later, he is, um, you know, vying for MVP for the Houston Astros and on their championship team. So, you know, people panic around the deadline, uh, get a little bit short-sighted, and I don't think that that's Jerry mm-hmm. DeBoto for better or worse. I think that people would like to see him do something extreme. I don't think he's on that side of things. So um, I kind of like that. To be honest, I, I kind of like yep. a GM that does not, you know, it does not falter at the deadline, is not going to go crazy. I think that last year he played it perfectly. I think he was willing to give up three top prospects for a starting pitcher that he could lock up for the next five years. I think that was really smart. Um, I've heard the rhetoric on Twitter of like, that was the one of the best rental pickups, uh, you know, in deadline history, blah, blah, blah. I want to be very clear. Luis Castillo would not have been traded for unless we were absolutely sure he was signing an extension. And you Mm. bet your ass we were in conversations with his agent before we made that trade. There's no way you give up those three prospects. um, No, of course not. If you know Luis Castillo is not going to re-sign with your ball club. Also, Luis Castillo signed like seven days later. So if you don't think that contract was in the works before the trade was made, you're absolutely out of your mind. So um, I, I just... As much as I want to applaud DePoto for it, it also came with a pretty big caveat of like, we're essentially trading a Luis five years of Luis Castillo, while other teams like the Angels get picking up Luis Giolito are picking up, picking him up for four months. Like they have no intention of re-signing Lucas Giolito. So, mm. um, yeah, it, it, there's a pretty sizable difference when you look at some of these pickups and and what we're willing to give up for prospects. So absolutely. um, Any any other trade deadline targets that you see for yourself or maybe uh, that you think the Mariners can get better by immediately? Um, I mean, there's, there's definitely a lot out there. I think that's the problem with some of the trade deadline stuff is that talking about it just, uh, you can talk about all the scenarios, but it'll just never happen. DePoto's got something else in the works that he'll figure out. He's actually, I think he's surprised a lot of people the last two to three years at the deadline. Like, no one saw the Luis Castillo signing coming. That was completely out of left field. And that sure. actually took us to the, you know, the first playoff uh, berth in 20 years. So, um yeah, I, I, I have a little bit of faith in DePoto to do the right thing. I'd like to keep the farm system as much as possible. I like to uh, – I, I just pay attention to the miners. So, I like, I see people raking. You know, I see Gabby Gonzalez and uh, Cole Young and Harry Ford. And I uh, I want to see him in the MLB someday wearing a Mariners jersey. So, uh, yeah, I don't yeah. want to give up too much. Um but uh, yeah, I I really do think if if the Mariners can just play the ball that they should have been playing since the since opening day, then yeah, we'll be fine. I do want to say just real quick, we would probably avoid these conversations at the deadline every year if we would just spend a little bit of money in the offseason. Yeah. Like, like Depoto would probably sleep a little, little bit better around July twenty eighth mm-hmm. to August first. If uh, old John Stanton would op- open the pocketbook, because a lot of these problems are, it's not necessarily that we knew that the lineup would struggle. It's that we knew the depth wasn't as good 
as, you know, mm-hmm. going in, I mean, in the off season, even us, we knew that we weren't really insulating superstars, right? Like we knew we, we added Colton Wong, AJ Pollock, Teo Oscar Hernandez, like those three guys, uh, Teo Oscar leading the pack most likely they're all right, but they're nowhere near yeah, like, Oh, Oh, that guy's going to hit fourth behind Ty France. Mm-hmm. And you know, Ty France is going to get walked a whole lot less because you've got this big, bad fourth hitter behind him. Like none of them are that. And I, I want to be very clear of that. Cause uh, I think that people think that uh, DePoto did some like crazy, you know, like mind games this, this off season. So, um, you know, and as we're taping, hey, Mariners up 2-0. Cal Raleigh just hit a double. Nice. Uh, and we, we've got, uh, yeah, we got, let's see, one out. One out in the top of the first inning. So starting off hot. So Jerry. Four zip. Jerry get, yeah, four zip. Hey, another uh, Tom Murphy just doubled as well. So yeah. uh, bases loaded. Cal Raleigh doubled. Tom Murphy. We are officially buyers. We are buyers four- now. Four zero Mariners in the top of the first. If you if we yep. aren't buying, I don't know who is. So uh, <laughs> we we're gonna be falling close. If you haven't already, make sure that you are subscribed to our Substack. It's tridenttrue.substack.com. Also, uh, we just actually partnered with um, Seattle. Uh, Simply uh, Seattle, see. yeah. Se- Simply Seattle, sorry about that. Yeah, Simply Seattle, and they have some sick gear. Uh, Sonic, yeah. Seahawks, Mariners. Uh, if you use the code TRUE15, you get uh, 15% off your gear. So um, make sure to head over to simplyseattle.com and get 15% off all gear on the store. Uh, again, they have like starter jackets, things like that, that are incredibly cool. So excited to, uh, I think uh, I actually got this Kraken hat from uh, the Simply Seattle store. So, you know, mm-hmm. already already a buyer, which is sick. Yes, yeah, it's, it's um, nice to partner with people that like have good stuff and are people that you like already purchase from. You know, also, like, Simply Seattle is a banger follow on Twitter. If you don't follow them already, <laughs> like they are not afraid to get in the mix. So if you don't think that they are like local Seattle or anything, uh, they mm-hmm. have posted like more Kelnick memes than I think anybody that I've seen on Twitter. So uh, they're a great follow if you haven't followed Absolutely. Simply Seattle already. So again, true 15 for 15% off at simplyseattle.com. All right, let's talk about uh, scenarios here. All right. So say, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about some of the people on the Mariners that are potential trade targets for other teams, namely Paul Seawald. We're talking Teo Oscar Hernandez in the Mm -hmm. in the extreme event that we go after a big bat superstar like uh, player. I think Bryce Miller and Brian Wu have been talked about. They've been floating Gilbert and Kirby a little bit. So our starting our young starting rotation is a little bit under siege. But um, Mitch. If you were to say the most likely scenario in your head, what Jerry DePoto does and where we're going to end up by August 2nd, give me the scenario, the hypothetical in your head, where you see the team. Um, are we talking about standings as well, like how we do over the next few days? Yeah. Or are we yeah, like, talking let's about say, like... You know what? Let, let's, uh, let's do this. Like, Let's say the Mariners go 2-1. and one. They win the Arizona mm-hmm. series. They don't. They don't sweep, but still, um, they win two games and are now they three games one. over okay. five hundred. Um, and then you know, again, we have fourteen games against Kansas City, uh, Oakland, and also Chicago White Sox. The Chicago White Sox. So uh, mm-hmm. I mean, we've got some pretty soft schedule coming up uh, to be able to make a move here. 
So say we win the series in Arizona. Um, what do you think DePoto is doing? Because even even with the, the Mariners winning the series, there's a possibility that Seawald is not a Mariner at the end of the deadline because yeah. of the trade market and how lucrative uh, selling a really, really important back-end reliever is. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're doing anything at the deadline and still being buyers in some way, I think it would be in part trading Seawald. Um, unfortunately, I, I actually really do. I, I do like him on the team. I, I don't know if you saw like uh, some of the podcast clips with him, but he was on a podcast with Aaron Goldsmith, and it was actually super funny. Uh, he's a he's a good dude to have on the team, I think. Um, but the, the issue is the Mariners are too good at developing relievers. So we just have like a backlog of uh, relievers coming in and just being top tier. Like people would, other teams would kill for, and I know people meme on Matt Brash a little bit, but he's been put in probably the highest leverage scenario situations this season. And he's done very well for himself. Like he's still an extremely good reliever. Um, Paul Seawald, Andres Munoz, who albeit has been struggling a little bit, but these are all three of these relievers could be, you know, your, your lock in ninth inning guy for, for really any team uh, that doesn't have it. So if I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, you know, uh, we're trading a reliever. We, we have, we're pretty stocked. Um, We're getting maybe some double a guys back. Um, I really don't think we're going to get anyone MLB ready if we're trading to a team that's buying. You know, they're they're not going to be giving away you know uh, a bat that they need. So uh, that's kind of tough. So I think you're getting some double A bats back for a reliever, but that's fine because you know you have a backlog. And then if you're trying to buy, you're going for a second baseman. So what I'd like to see Depoto do is maybe. Stock the farm a little bit, because you can do it. I, I think you're, I think you're there, and trade. You know, maybe someone, maybe someone of some value. You know, uh, you could even trade like a Cade Marlowe or uh, uh, someone with maybe Brian Wu. I don't know. It it's kind of tough. Like, do you? Do you trade Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Clays and and a, another um, single-A or double-A player for uh, an MLB-ready second baseman, or are you you know, trading like a Brian Wu? I just don't see us blowing the up the rotation. Guy, I think one of the most likely guys to literally get traded, um, if we were to make a move here, is mm-hmm. Gabby Gonzalez. Like I think he's just Dude, improved his. Stop! Don't put like, that out there. I I, I love Gabby. I do too, but I think that I think that other teams are starting to take notice, just the same as we oh. are. And Gabby Gonzalez has been an underrated bat in the mm. Mariner, Mariner system, uh, and he's he has a little raking. bit of speed. He's got a little bit of swag. He's 19 years old, and nobody has been talking about that. His age is. I mean, he's one of the best prospects in Major League Baseball. Mm. He just cracked the top 100, and yep. he's 19 years old. And so he's behind Cole Young in our system still. But, you know, I, I think that I would really like 
and, and I know we're talking about scenarios here, but I would like to float the idea of how about maybe we, because we have an embarrassment of riches at the rotational level, um, Emerson Hancock may be peaking um, and we may go get a couple of controllable bats, you know, maybe even a rental. Yeah. I would like to see our major league roster stay together, to be honest. Like I, I think that um, keeping it together, maybe adding a couple of controllable bats, keeping the farm system, you know, Emerson mm-hmm. Hancock, he's a top five prospect in our system, but he's not the top three. So I think that you can keep Harry Ford, Cole Young, Gabby Gonzalez together and see what sure. happens. Hell like Cole Young, he might make the big league roster, not next year, but the year after. And he might move JP over to second base when JP starts kind of phasing out of being a perennial gold glover at the, at the position. So, and I know, mm-hmm. I know all you stat cast nerds hate JP Crawford, but if you actually watch <laughs> the damn if you watch damn baseball, you would know that half his errors come on these incredibly like hard, hard yeah. and like weird plays that he is having to like backhand a ball in the in the hole, or he's having to run up on a ball that just gets yeah. past the pitcher, and he gets like tagged for these errors. But um, as a JP yeah. semi hater at the beginning of the year, I am going to go to war for JP and say. Like I would love to see him finish out his career as a Mariner. Um, and if he has to move over to second base when Cole Young comes up or, you know, Felman um, comes up so, from yeah. the minor leagues. Yeah. Celestin comes up. I think that, you know, so be it. So uh, yeah, I, I, you know what, I'm going to be the boring guy at the deadline, but I would be really sad quite honestly, if one of the four guys that we mentioned, Gilbert, Gilbert, mm-hmm. Kirby, Wu, or Miller. I'd be really sad if if we decided to depart with one of those arms. I think that mm. uh, arm talent is just really hard to find. Um, I was going to ask you be... if we were uh, if we were going to ship one of the starting rotation arms. But yeah, I don't. I, I'm kind of with it you. Would there. Have to be a think... king, it would have to be a king's ra- ransom for yeah. me to be genuinely yeah. happy. Like it, it would have to be like let's say two two mid major league level guys and maybe a top five prospect for Miller or Wu. If it's Gilbert, I would be I think Kirby's off limits. I don't I don't think you can trade him at, yeah. at no, you literally <laughs> any like if anybody starts a conversation with Kirby, you just hang up the phone yeah, like so, immediately. Yeah, Gilbert, essentially what you're Gil- saying is some team has to get fleeced for us to Correct. give away Miller Wu Gilbert. In- yeah. And I'm not saying that's out of the question because, again, I go back to people at the deadline, GM specifically, they start getting a little greedy near the deadline mm-hmm. and think that their Looking farm system is control. just yep. – Yeah, they, they start going crazy with, uh, you know, hey, if we won one championship this year, who cares about the, the next years, you know, yep. um, a la the – uh, Los Angeles Angels, uh, a la the New York Mets, who have some of the yeah. worst farm teams in the league. So. Yeah, I'd be I'd be fine. Weirdly enough, I, I genuinely think that Gilbert's probably the most movable. That sounds crazy, but because we only we have less controllable years with Gilbert, I think that he's probably the most enticing for me to move. Although, yeah, I'd I'd probably say you're right. Robbie Ray coming back next year. I agree. I just I just don't see how you you almost want to move two of them. To be completely honest, a you got to move a, a Hancock for sure because he's peaking. He's going to be the most most like valuable right now. I don't see how he gets any more valuable unless somebody gets hurt and he shows out at the major league level. And then 
if Robbie Ray and Mar- like Marco's less of a factor, like I've always thought that Marco would probably end up in a long relief type role on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you've got a literal Cy Young coming back from injury next year. What do you do with this rotation plus Robbie Ray plus Emerson Hancock? You almost kind of have to move somebody. But like I said, I hope it's Emerson Hancock. He's unproven. He's one of those guys that he's probably at his peak value-wise unless he did a Miller or Woo, which would be incredibly lucky for the Mariners to have three yeah. rookies uh, pitch the way. I just – I fear here's, – here's my biggest fear. Hancock makes it to the major leagues, get, gets blown up for five or six starts, and then all of a sudden people go, oh, okay. Like, great. Yeah. Now he now he's a fucking uh, transfer from AAA every time we need a need a spot start and we just blew up a value add that we could have had. Let's say we trade Hancock for two controllable bats. It's like that to me would be a really stupid move by the Mariners, although I'm game for playing it out. I think DePoto, I think DePoto, this is the first time in Mariners franchise history that genuinely we have a competitive major league level team. Also, we have all of these studs in our farm system. Like growing mm-hmm. up, I certainly can't remember a time where our major league team was good. That's obvious by not making the playoffs for 20 years. But also <laughs> our, our minor league team was never good either. Like our, it, was, yeah. it wasn't like, oh, we're terrible. Like we get it. We're not good. But next year, don't worry. We have these four studs coming up from the minor leagues. It was like we, we've never had anybody yeah. really besides like – a Felix in AAA, besides a Taiwan Walker that was coming up, besides a James Paxton, but they all came up separately year after year. Yeah. It was like one one guy at a time, and you can't win with one prospect a year. No, and, like I don't yeah, know if they know, but like you have to fill nine positions. Well, and those guys were. It felt like every two years, it, it didn't feel like we were getting someone every year. Like, oh, this is we're building <laughs> up our team. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I mean, we've already traded Taiwan Walker. Like that guy's long gone before anyone yeah. else like makes it. Like, yeah, it's it's kind of it's tough. Um, we're we're looking at it now, and it's it's I'm kind of optimistic. I'm I'm especially optimistic for, um, I guess not this year, but 2025 and onwards, if we keep the same team, um, in the same farm system, but. Looking at it right now, yeah, I, I'm still I'm still hopeful for sure. Yeah, a hundred percent. All right, our last subject today uh, around the yep. league. Um, let's talk about the uh, Rangers and Astros. The Astros absolutely beat the shit out of the Rangers their last <laughs> series. Um, yeah. Now the Astros are pretty much taking over the the mm. AL West, which makes the Rangers there talk about panic mode. They've been in yeah. contention for Justin Verlander. They've been in conversations with St. Louis for Jordan Hicks. And so mm-hmm. I don't know how much more they can give up for the team, you know, this year. But um, what, are you, what are your thoughts about the AL West specifically? And then we'll go around the league if, if any team, other teams interest you here at the deadline and beyond. I think one team we're really undervaluing is the Oakland A's. Will they? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, no, no. But no. the. The the Angels being buyers at the deadline is actually really interesting to me. I I thought they were blowing it up. Um, you have a few more months left of Shohei Otani. Uh, maybe look towards the future and try and build the farm system by dealing him somehow, some way. Um, but that's not the case. They're they're going for one, you know, one playoff run for uh, 
with Mike Trout and Shohei. And with the team they have now and adding Lucas Giolito, I know people are kind of clowning that trade because of how much the Angels had to give up. But uh, Giolito is a fantastic pitcher. Like, I, I don't want people to think, like, Giolito's just some, like, average Joe Schmo. Like, he is a great pitcher, and uh, the Angels are going to be a lot more dangerous for it. Um, so the Angels not being just a completely flopping fish dead on arrival uh, post-All-Star break was really surprising to me. Um, yeah. They've actually won eight of their last ten. Insane. Um, so... Yeah, we're going to have to watch out for that uh, in this wildcard race. Um, and I'm not counting out a Rangers sort of just complete collapse. I know the Rangers still have an, a, an extremely impressive run differential. They have a fantastic team built. Um, but I, you have no DeGrom. You have a few players injured. You have some people that are heavily overperforming in the first half. Um, I, to me, it seems like if, if we're talking about the, uh, the standings at the end of the year, it goes Astros, Rangers, Mariners, Angels, A's, and, you know, the Mariners making a wild card run. You know, the funniest possible scenario is the Texas Rangers not making the playoffs. And I, I root for comedy and I think that that would be (laughs) the utmost comedy. Yeah. And I just want – I tweeted this uh, a couple days ago and when mm-hmm. they were just getting the brakes blown off them. Uh, I was I was talking about, hey, like are we – I hate to bring this up, but like Ranger fans, like how are we feeling? You know, Houston's two games back now. You've got the Angels mm-hmm. kind of lurking six and a half. You've got the Mariners seven and a half depending on the moves. Um, how are we feeling? And yes, the run differential is nuts. Uh, we are a part of that. We went to Arlington earlier in the year yeah. and just played three non-competitive games that gave them pretty much plus 30 <laughs> run differential, which is bananas. But yeah. um, I totally agree. Like if you look at their lineup, it's a bunch of guys that are um, playing two, three war more than they were projected at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. which is bananas and unsustainable. Insane. And you know what? I'm happy for them. But I will say, if they do not, if they miss out at the deadline, if they do not add at the deadline, they will be in trouble. So I think the most likely scenario is them probably getting Justin Verlander. Uh, I don't know about Hicks. I don't think, I think that, they, again, they're going to get a, they're going to have to give up a King's ransom for Jordan Hicks. I don't think that that's going to happen. I think the, mm-hmm. I think the Cardinals are going to keep him. I, I just don't see them getting an offer that they actually want for somebody so valuable on the back end of your bullpen. But if the Rangers can solidify the rotation, if they can maybe add a bat or two, I think that they are going to be, you know, they're going to start speeding up like we saw at the beginning of the year. But um, yeah, yeah I, I genuinely think they're a little bit in trouble and it's not that the Mariners are going to surpass them, but I don't think if I had to guess, I don't think they're going to win the AL West, which mm-hmm. makes them a wild card contender. And if they're in the wild card, there's some really dangerous teams in the wild card, especially in the AL East that, are going to be really hard to compete with to not grab a Absolutely. wild card three spot. And then you're just going to have to weasel your way through the playoffs and try and make it to the world series. So um, 
I don't think they're going to miss the playoffs. I, have, I had to guess, but I do think that a wild card three spot being the most likely for the Rangers is a still a pretty shitty solution to uh, mm-hmm. you know what they started off as. So yeah, that's that's kind of my scenario. Um, any other teams around the league uh, that interest you or uh, are you're thinking Ooh. of as we approach the deadline around the league? Um, approaching the deadline is kind of tough. I, I obviously I think the Diamondbacks are a team that are very clearly looking to add. Um, I would say the Blue Jays are on that list as well. Um, I think they're I think they're probably going to look around and be like be a little unhappy at what they see. Um, so I think they're going to probably try and add a batter too. One team I I think is so funny looking at the positive fifty one run differential is the San Diego Padres five games below 500. Um, You just don't see that often. And uh, looking at their, I I looked at the MLB's leaders in, uh, in uh, with runners in scoring position. And this was as of like mid June or something. They were like, they were batting 200 last in the league, dead last. Right. uh, In risk. And it's just, I think that's just unlucky, in my opinion. Yeah. Every time I watch the Mariners play and they, you know, blow a no out spaces loaded scenario, I think, wow, this team sucks. But when I look at the Padres, I think to myself, like, ah, oh, that's just that is really unlucky. Especially with the bats you have. I yeah, I don't really see it. I uh I don't believe that the Padres are completely out of the playoff race. And I think they're I think the uh they're actually pretty dangerous. Um, if we're looking at our own wild card, though, the teams that are going to be really difficult, I actually don't think it's the Blue Jays. I think it's going to be... I think the Rays are going to stay up there. Um, they've, they're have actually losing a lot lately, but I, I think they just took such a lead early on that I, I think it's impossible for them to lose it, but I don't think they do well in the playoffs. So the Rays are probably going to take a wild card spot. Um, looking at it, it's going to be Texas or Houston taking one, and then God, it's either it's either Boston, Toronto, or the Mariners, and uh, yeah. I go M's. So yeah, agree. I the only other team that I want to bring up, and I hate to bring this up on our own program, is the New York Yankees. I think that they are going to mm. be. A problem. I think that getting um, Aaron Judge back today, as we're recording, um, just That's doesn't bode well big. for for anybody else. So um, they're always a threat at the deadline. I'm sure they're going to add starting pitching. I'm sure they're going to get a bat uh, with their. They actually have a really great uh, farm system, so I can see them them trading and using pieces for that um, on top of mm-hmm. securing future talent, just like they did Anthony Rizzo a few years back. So I think the New right. York Yankees uh, look out for them, and this is the reason why I bring up that the AL East is going to be a, a terrorist organization to deal with because <laughs> it's going it's going to be legitimately. Uh, you have Tampa Bay, you have New York, you have Boston right there, and of course Dude, leading crack. the division. Vision, you have the Baltimore Orioles. So you have four teams legitimately vying like 
Imagine if three of those teams made the playoffs. Like that'd be nuts. And that's why Insane. I say that's that's why I say the Rangers making the W the WC three spot. It doesn't sound all that far fetched, to be completely honest. Whoever loses the division in the AL West is going to be the wild card three spot almost surely, uh, which sucks for the AL West. And there's going to be a good team yep. in a really shitty spot uh, come playoff time if the AL East keeps doing what they're doing. I will say the Rays have to go get starting pitching. They have been struggling um, as of late. They're two and eight in their last 10. Um, their starting pitching has given up an atrocious amount, atrocious amount of earned runs in the past 10 games. And part of the reason why they're scuffling a little bit. Um, the good thing is they won like a hundred straight games to start the season. So they have a major buffer, uh, which, yeah. <laughs> which again sucks for everybody else. So uh, they can afford themselves some, some nights off, I guess in the, uh, the mm-hmm. rotation. But honestly, if they don't, they don't get going quick. I can see Boston and New York passing them up and then whoever gets second in the AL, AL West, uh, surpassing them. So they've got to do yeah. something at the deadline quick or they're going to be in trouble. Um, yeah. Any additional thoughts that you have for uh, the Mariners and uh, beyond? Uh, you know, I want to give a quick shout out um, just because uh, I've been so down on him for most of the year. Dylan Moore <laughs> with like a crazy game yeah, straight uh, two up days ago, two homers. Hero game. Yeah. Yeah, incredible, actually. Uh, Dylan Moore playing really well. Tom Murphy out of nowhere. Just a couple of players that uh, that you just love to see bringing up the depth, bringing in a few key bats, like a few key plate appearances. Really nice to see. 100%. Uh, Dylan Moore, I uh, said this earlier, but it would be really nice if he turned into Chris Taylor. Uh, we would <laughs> definitely appreciate yeah. that. I'd kill for that. that. Would make- that would make up for a lot of, a lot of wrongs. Um, mm. Also, my last shout out of the day is the water cooler that broke Jared Kelnick's foot. That sucks, and uh, you know that water cooler yep. should feel bad. And but <laughs> I do want to say the last the last last thing that is related to Jared Kelnick, uh, Depoto on the Wheelhouse podcast did defend Kelnick on you know just his age and his passion yep. for the game and it was really cool hearing a gm um honestly a president of baseball operations excuse me have that much faith in a player uh, that has had has gone through the highest highs the lowest lows um mm-hmm. and to hear that they're still the seattle Mariners are still high on a player like that is really exciting yeah um Agreed. i for one would love to see jared kelnick in a mariner uniform for a long long time um, if you don't know Jared Kelnick's story, he basically passed up like a five-year, $60 million deal when he was in the minor leagues and now, you know, struggling in his first year, like he would uh, become yeah. one of the the uh, all-time bag fumblers. And so it'd be really nice <laughs> if, if he could make up some yeah. some ground there with his major league True. contribution. So, um, all right, that's going to do it for us, uh, here at tried and true. It's, uh, been real. Thank you guys so much. And again, go to simply for 15% off use code true 15. They've got some amazing stuff over there. So make sure and check that out. We will see you guys next time. A good look at the deadline. Hope, hope everybody stays safe. Uh, Twitter is an absolute <laughs> battleground. So I hope, hope you dodge some bullets there. Um, avoid, avoid the uh, certain accounts at all costs. And we'll see you guys next time. Right, right.